Go ahead and show us some love on whatever platform you're using to listen. And check out our website, planetfearpodcast.com, for ways to follow us on social media, contact info, and more. Do you know what one of my biggest phobias is, Matt? No BSing. Werewolves. Werewolves? Yes. Turns out, that applies to any canine cryptid. But werewolves started my phobia, specifically the movie Werewolf in London. Great movie. Had a nightmare that a werewolf busted through the front window of my babysitter's house and ate me alive. That's awesome. No, it was terrifying and I woke up and went and got in bed with my babysitter and her husband, which is just weird. I was a little kid, but it's still weird to me. But I was terrified. The world is a fearful place. We are surrounded by people and things that would do us harm. Some walk among us every day, while others lurk in the shadows, a threat unknown. Join us as we discuss all of the things that frighten us most, from the paranormal and unknown, to the true and horrific crimes committed by our very own kind, with Matt Knapp and Lauren Smith on, on Planet, Planet Fear. Fear. Obviously, we're both dog people. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with cat people. Aww. I'm sure a lot of the people that we talk about on this show own cats. <laughs> but you and I prefer dogs, the companionship of a canine. And they're cute. Growing up, the house behind ours, there was a... Uh, Wait, is this a story? How did you know? From Matt Knapp. From Matt Knapp. Gasp. Th- this is a... This is a personal one. This is an emotional part of Matt's psyche story. Oh, yeah. Lord, I did not bring a couch or a pen and notepad. Okay. How does that make you feel? So the fence back there was like the big six-inch squares. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Panels, yeah. So that was the fence that was separating my backyard from the people's backyard behind ours. Mm-hmm. And they owned... Two very large dogs. We also owned a large dog. I wasn't afraid of dogs. Mm -hmm. However, they had a certain dog. Clifford, we'll call him, because he was a big red dog. This dog, for whatever reason, I I don't think they did it on purpose. I had a, a tree swing on the tree that was by the fence. And oftentimes, I would be out there on my swing, and they would let their dogs out. And... This dog in particular would wait until he was all the way to the fence before barking, growling, gnashing at the fence with his teeth, pulling on it, trying to kill me. Terrifying little Matt Mm -hmm. who would take off inside the house. Playtime's over. Other times I would go out into the backyard only to discover he had jumped the fence and was now in my backyard. Holy mother. To where he would charge at me and I would run inside and close the door. And, you know, hey, their dogs, are, I'm freaking out, you know, crying and stuff because this dog terrified me. Mm-hmm. There's an old man and his wife that lived in the corner house at the end of our street, four houses away. And I used to go down there and visit him. He was a traveling salesman and he would give me little novelty items little ink pens and pocket knives and things like that Mm -hmm. one day i'm on my way to his house 
And as I'm walking past the gap between his house and his neighbor's house, guess who's standing there? No. Clifford the Big Red Dog. And he instantly starts showing his teeth, growling. There's no fence. There's nowhere to go. I was probably seven years old. Oh, my gosh. I mean, terrified. I ran for the old man's front door. I started beating on the front door, screaming at the top of my lungs. This dog comes after me. I am pinned in between the front screen door, which was like a storm door, Mm -hmm. and the actual wooden door. Mm -hmm. And I'm crying, and I'm hammering on it. And this dog is just jumping up and barking at this door that's on the other side of me. Mm -hmm. I thought it was dead. Yeah. Finally, the door opens. I go falling in. And they're just like, oh, my God, you know, and like Mm -hmm. pulled the screen door shut. And this dog's just going nuts. I don't know why the dog didn't like me, but that was it. For the rest of my childhood, I was terrified of big dogs. Hmm. Werewolves, in turn, (laughs) (laughs) became kind of my favorite monster. But at the same time, they scared me more than anything because they were just a giant dog but worse but way worse way worse bro and that was the first werewolf movie i saw i hate that movie an american werewolf in london i could probably watch it now and be fine yeah absolutely it's actually kind of a comedy yeah pretty much but i don't know why it the fact that i don't just the fact that it could smell her wherever she went (laughs) and track her and just stuff like that, that scared the ever-living out of me. Yeah, mine was just the the whole appearance oh. of a huge, exaggerated canine. See, that wasn't even it for me. It was just that it, it, being actual prey. So anything to do with a canine cryptid, I feel that again. And then with a werewolf, it scares me even more because it's 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 part human so it can track you as like a human and an animal. And that's just bloody terrifying. Pun intended. So Dogman? Dogman. I don't want anything to do with that. I don't know anybody that does. I've never heard of I'm sure they exist, but I've never heard a friendly Dogman encounter story. No. No. Dogmans are they're not a, a man's best friend. It, it's kind of weird. People didn't really talk about them all that much mm-hmm. until the past... I don't know. What would you say? 10, 15 years? Yeah. Probably the last 10 years or so. Before that, in the Bigfoot world, you had sightings of what people would describe looked like a Bigfoot, except it'd have like a dog muzzle on it. Yeah. Snouted like a snout. Bigfoot. Yeah. With sometimes ears. Yeah. But I always just, for some reason, chalk that up as, well, maybe it's a different type of Bigfoot, or mm-hmm. maybe they're looking at something they didn't know what they were looking at. Yeah. But... This is people over and over and over that said, no, it definitely had a snout like a baboon or a dog. Mm. And that's very scary, too. Yeah. Um, A lot of dogman sightings, there's like a sense of evil that goes with it. Yeah. I know someone personally that had one and she said it was just eerily silent and she said when it walked by, it was so upright when it walked, like a nubis. That's all she could think. She didn't see ears on it, just the snout. 
but it reminded her of Anubis. I wouldn't even know. That's terrifying. <laughs> what to do with myself if I saw one. Because here's the thing. Bigfoot, which I, I get, it's not like everybody believes Bigfoot exists or whatever. Mm -hmm. However, if you just, you know, play with us for a moment, mm -hmm. Bigfoot would pretty much fit into the category of a primate mm -hmm. of some kind. Mm -hmm. We're assuming. That could be wrong. Maybe it's an alien. But we'll say it's a primate. It has features like a primate. Mm -hmm. And primates can be predatory. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, they're not. They're territorial, but, you know, they don't seek out humans as a food source. Right. Whereas with canines, canines, everything about them are designed to be a predator. If you have a snout with long fang teeth and mm -hmm. claws, mm -hmm. you're designed to rip flesh apart. Yeah. And that's what I find just like. Okay, well, that thing's designed to kill something like me. Yeah. I'm, you know, if that's an upright canine, I'm an upright pig. <laughs> you know? Like, you're, I'm dinner. You're an upright buffet. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm not designed you're a walking to. Buffet. <laughs> yeah, I'm not designed to fight back. No. That's definitely the difference between a canine cryptid and a Bigfoot type cryptid is that, yeah, a Bigfoot, let's say it's a wild animal, it has to eat, but. They're so elusive that most of the time you feel like they're just going to go the other way. Mm -hmm. um, coming up against, you know, a water cryptid, it's going to want to stay hidden. Canine cryptids, they're hungry. Yeah. Or that's what I always think when I go into the woods. They're hunting. It's, it's hungry and it's going to eat me. Whereas a big foot will probably eat me too. But I mean, <laughs> at least it's. Let's be honest, you know, everything's going to eat you. I mean, everything <laughs> in the woods is probably going to try to eat me. But, you know, I just feel like a Bigfoot's going to walk away rather than a canine cryptid type thing gonna especially my dogs when you take small animals or children into the woods you know? yeah what i think is kind of interesting is bigfoot and those type creatures yeti whatever you want to call them are by far the most often reported cryptid mm -hmm. i mean way ahead of everything else yeah before them you've got ghosts ufos and then bigfoot i would say mm -hmm. after bigfoot though werewolves dogmen whatever you want to call them upright canines are reported more than any other cryptid more than lake monsters mothman more than mothman mm -hmm. i mean if you think about mothman there's like you know a rash of sightings and then they go away but like dogman reports come in on a pretty regular basis i just i feel like if there was a cryptid that i did not want it to exist it would be a canine cryptid of any sort Were hyena, werewolf, dogman. When you get into this realm, that's another thing. Whenever you get into this area of cryptid, it's not just one type. Oh, no. There's that's a true. bunch of different things out there. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them, from the description people give, they can't even tell you what it is. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. um, not all of them are on two legs. A lot of them are on four legs. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I've, you know, a canine a cat, a bear, a bear dog, a hyena. The, the yes. descriptions are all over the place. That was that was crazy to me. The um, like the man bear pig. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, there literally. Were, there uh, and one that we're gonna get into later. It literally said like a wolf, but not. 
That was the description Thanks that was that. given. And that was, I mean, back when they spoke very eloquently and yeah. long-windedly. And it was like a wolf, but not. Which is also scary. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. So we have the Beast of Gavaldon. Gavaldon. I am not saying that correctly, but I am. Not at all. Proudly um, American and have no idea how to pronounce <laughs> yeah. this. Gavaldon. Southern American. I have no idea how to pronounce this. It's French. Yes, it's. Oh, well, <laughs> I was going to say clearly, but you couldn't clearly understand that from my accent. So, <laughs> the beast of that between 1765 and 1767, and these dates will come into play later because Matt has a whole theory. An unknown creature killed over 100 people in a rural region of France. Over 100. Over 100 people. That's that's crazy to me. Yeah. Just, what animal needs to eat that much? Yeah. None. None. Or a, let's let's say a pack of wolves. Yeah. In two years, that I mean. I mean, I don't know what the actual wolf yeah. stats are, but like <laughs> I know a wolf pack will take down like a moose or an elk or something and mm-hmm. eat for a while. Yeah. So about 100 men, women, and children reportedly fell victim to this beast. While many French at the time presumed the beast to be a wolf, many modern scholars agree that it might not have been a wolf at all. Well, I don't know if you would call me a modern scholar. <laughs> but uh <laughs> like a wolf yet not a wolf. Not a wolf. Man, that'd be a good name for a band. Like a wolf but not. Or just not a wolf. Go ahead. Or just but not. <laughs> I know, I know we already talked about this a little bit earlier. But, like, if you looked out your window at your house mm-hmm. and you saw a cat, you're going to recognize it as a cat. But if you saw something that wasn't a cat, but was kind of similar to a cat, you would recognize it as not a cat. <laughs> so I'm thinking over 100 people killed by this thing, wolves are attacking them all the time, apparently. Mm-hmm. You know, they gave some numbers about that. Just, yeah. you know, wolves killing people in the area. Mm-hmm. And the people who are seeing this creature are saying, yeah, it's not a wolf. I'm going to believe. It's like a wolf, yet not a wolf. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna believe them. I'm um, going to think they know what they're talking about. I don't know why I gave it a Boston accent. <laughs> well, I have no idea. <laughs> that was actually a very early French accent uh, for the region. <laughs> Says Matt, the modern <laughs> scholar. So the first recorded fatal attack of the beast occurred on June 30th, 1764. When a 14-year-old shepherdess, Jean Boulet, tended a flock of sheep. Boulet was not the creature's first victim, as two months prior, a young woman was tending cattle and was attacked by a creature that was like wolf, yet not a wolf, but escaped because the herd defended her, Mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting. So basically, this creature was scared of the herd of cattle. And the herd recognized this creature as a predator. Yeah. The attacks continued through summer and into autumn, and France was in a slump at that time on the heels of the Seven Years' War. The nation had lost battles to Prussia and the British. Uh, The beast offered a perfect foil to rally around, and there was no dearth of reports in the press about encounters with the animal. Here's something interesting about this story. Because of all that going on, apply that to modern times. One of my takeaways from this whole deal, mm-hmm. this was one of the first viral media stories to ever happen. Like, they started talking about this all over the globe. Yeah. And, like, this started, like, filling the news 
as mm-hmm. opposed to all the bad news that was happening right. at the time that people were getting tired of just like it happens today mm-hmm. you know the media distracts the public all the time yep and this is like a viral story of its time doesn't make it any less scary doesn't make it any less scary the ferocious beast attacked and partially ate women and the young according to the reports but lone adult men were also targets there were so many attacks that some speculated that there were in fact two or more beasts hmm. you would almost hope so with 100 incidents because just yeah. one or two beasts doing all of that is bloody terrifying plus they're going after women and children mm-hmm. and men that are by themselves mm-hmm. i mean that's a very predatory thing to do mm-hmm. predators will often seek out the younger mm-hmm. the older <laughs> the weak the easier targets yes and that's what this creature whatever it was seemed like it was doing which shows a certain level of intelligence but according to all the reports it was always just one creature at a time right. at a time this creature you know it starts out you're hearing this and you're thinking wolf Mm-hmm. For sure, a wolf. But this creature, shit gets weird. Yeah. So the terrified populace of Gavadon did not sit idle, um, and the individual stories of bravery captivated the public. So bounties were offered, and hunters went looking for the creature. And after a mauling, hours after a mauling, the beast was seen stalking a herdsman. The hunters followed the animal into the estate's woods and flushed the animal into the open. The hunter shot a volley of musket fire into the creature, but after a fall, the beast rose and ran off. They shot the thing, knock it down, and it gets up and just runs off. Yes. And so we'll see that later on that'll come to play. Um, children took on the beast. There was There were a group of kids, and um, the creature started to attack, and they drove it off with pointed sticks. I mean, yeah. It's either you or me. you know good for those kids yeah no kidding like i said there was there were bounties from the king on the head of this creature one of the most notable tales of bravery was when the 19 or 20 year old marie jean valet was attacked and armed with a bayonet affixed to a pole she impaled the beast's chest but the creature got away this this whole thing was such a big deal Mm mm-hmm that they built a statue yes. to commemorate that. And her. And yeah. she became known as the Amazon or the Maid of Gavadon. On September 20th, 1765, Francois Antoine, Antoine, sorry, the king's 71-year-old gun bearer and his nephew shot a large wolf near an abbey, which was assumed to be the beast. Mm-hmm. Antoine was awarded with the money and the titles and the corpse of the animal was stuffed and sent to the royal court. But... The attack started again in December. Still happening. Still happening. And this time, the beast seemed different, at least behaviorally. Where before the creature had been afraid of the herd that defended its owner, this time it showed no fear. Was this then the second beast? It seems like this was possibly a pair, possibly a breeding pair. Did... They shoot the wrong thing, and this is just the original beast that's now become braver and is changing its behavior, or is this a creature that's now being forced to act this way due to circumstance? I I think it might be the latter. 
the royal court chose to ignore the new attacks, insisting that Antoine had killed the creature. Of course. Imagine that. We took care of the problem, folks. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Finally, a sudden outbreak of attacks in early June compelled a local nobleman to organize a hunt. And on June 19th, one of the hunters shot a wolf on the slopes of of a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> These French names are killing me. Yeah. <laughs> Here's where shit gets weird. Now, this was a wolf. A wolf. He shot a wolf. Mm-hmm. Clearly a wolf. An autopsy of the animal revealed human remains inside. And the animal had non-wolf characteristics as described by witnesses. Like a wolf, but not. Like a wolf, yet not. The attacks ended, but while it was assumed that that was the beast, doubts remained that it was indeed even a wolf. So the beast was consistently described by eyewitnesses as something other than a typical wolf. It was as large as a calf or sometimes a horse. That's big. That's bigger than a... That's a twilight wolf, okay? (laughs) Yeah. Its coat was reddish gray with long and strong panther-like tail, which makes me think of a Tasmanian tiger. The head and legs were short-haired and the color of a deer, and it had a black stripe down its back and talons on its feet. Many drawings of the beast at that time endow it with lupine characteristics. Yeah. Witnesses described the beast as an ambush hunter, which stalked its prey and seized it by the throat. The wounds found on the bodies were typically to the head and limbs with remains of 16 victims reportedly decapitated. And the creature prowled in the evenings and in the mornings. Now, back to the description. Does that sound like a hyena to you? I mean, I really don't associate a tell with a hyena. I don't associate a tail, but the head and legs were short-haired in the color of a deer. It had a black stripe on its back and talons on its feet. It was large. Kind of, it makes me think of, it makes me think of like a Tasmanian tiger, which they would have mouths big enough Mm -hmm. to envelop your throat and such. They looked just like the description, but also hyenas. I just can't. Remember. I mean, there's different kinds of hyenas. There's the yeah. striped hyena. Uh, brown hyenas match that description pretty mm-hmm. closely. It's just, I just wonder if there was an was an animal there and like those. Keep in mind, you know, whenever we're talking about hyenas, at one point in time, hyenas were pretty much global. Yeah. I mean, America had a hyena. There was an Arctic hyena. Yeah. Um, which kind of plays in all of this as well. Mm-hmm. The tail. Wolves have bushy tails. Yeah. I wouldn't describe their tail cat-like at all. No. And just, I mean, there's, you're not going to not recognize a wolf. No. Whenever I read how it attacked and how it, it decapitated 16 of the victims, I went down a rabbit hole of what wolf attacks look like and throat clamping because I, it, it seemed more of a cat thing to me. Mm-hmm. They like to choke out their prey. Right. And suffocate it. And I thought, well, I know that wolves do that, but that's but from what I read, that's not really they're pack hunters. Yeah. So one wolf will go for the throat and while it's got the throat and it's slowly suffocating, it does not bite it bites hard enough to close the throat, but it's not like trying to rip the head off of the animal. Right. And while it's doing that, the other wolves come up and take it from behind. Right. 
I I don't I went down this rabbit hole of all of this information and it just really looking at at the information we have of one or two things doing this it just didn't really match wolf behavior more big cat behavior and there are some modern scholars who theorize that it was an actually it was actually a young adult lion I, I just thought of something else in some of these cases especially one in particular where they talk about a mauling occurred wolves are going to kill for food there are different types of wolf attacks there's rabid non-rabid provoked unprovoked predatory and agonistic agonistic are not motivated by hunger nor fear but rather by aggression they will kill the victim and leave the victim's body uneaten at least for a time basically to drive someone or something off their territory away right. from them I, mean, I know there is mention of like the whole rabies thing and there mm-hmm. wasn't any sign of rabies mm-hmm. so we can rule that out and i don't think it would have survived for two or three years with rabies no but is this just i mean is it one creature is it two creatures is it a bunch of creatures and this just happens to be how they hunt but why did it only last for this long did they migrate somewhere else why didn't we hear about it it's kind of weird yeah Historians, scientists, and pseudoscientists, and conspiracy theorists have all proposed theories about what the beast was. Among the suspects, a Eurasian wolf, an armored war dog. My favorite. Yes. A striped hyena, a lion, some kind of prehistoric predator, a werewolf, or a dog-wolf hybrid, and a human. A human. Yeah. Hmm dressed in wolf type clothing and you would think if that was the case someone would have said hey i saw a face or i saw hands you know i saw a guy wearing animal skins yeah, that attacked like, me but i stabbed him in the chest with a bayonet yeah so he's dead now mm-hmm. <laughs> we shot him with rifles he's dead i mean <laughs> I mean, you have the prehistoric predator theory, bear dog, dire wolf, um, another word, I can't say, hyena, hyenadin. Yeah, I'm guessing like a hyena dinosaur. Ooh, hyenadon. Yeah. Wow, that sounds so much cooler. Hyenadon. Probably totally wrong. <laughs> but, you know. <laughs> I, think, I thought it sounded really cool. <laughs> So the idea that such a large animal would evade detection for thousands to millions of years is just too implausible to me. Bigfoot. Yeah, the you know the lion theory was I think was kind of dead on, but um, you have the wolf, and again back to how the wolf attacks. Like what from what I read, a lot of them they would go into huts or tents or whatever and grab a baby or child, mm-hmm. and they put their mouth over its mouth the kid's mouth and nose and pick it up and silently leave so So scary smother it yeah dingo ate my baby have you ever watched the documentary on that it's freaking terrifying no okay you should one time i watched a documentary about baboons stealing newborns uh newborn humans and that freaked me out oh that's scary i don't like that also the rabies theory yeah it got shot down because none of the surviving victims contracted rabies so he says the most likely theory is during that time gavadon had a serious wolf infestation and he believed that large lone wolves were attacking individual communities across the region or it was a wolf pack 
he being Smith. Well, Smith, perhaps Smith knows way more than I do. Probably so. However, whenever it comes to wolf packs, and this can be applied to any wolf pack I'm aware of, Mm -hmm. any type, they don't have the same markings and same coloration. This animal was always described the same, the Mm -hmm. same color, the same size, you know, everything. Talons on its feet. That got me a little bit. I mean, talons... I assume would be curved. Mm-hmm. I assume that's what they mean by talons. Whenever you look at any of the drawings from this, from media, like it has bird-like talons yeah. on its feet. And that's more raptor-ish. feline than canine. Hyenodon. Hyenodon. We're saying that so wrong. I th- I agree with what you're saying, though. I do think the, the lion theory is interesting. Keeping exotic animals back then was a cool thing to do. They were rare. Nobody would recognize them in France. Like, I mean, it's possible it escaped. Yeah. Um, now it wasn't. It's it's an ambush hunter. It seizes prey by the neck. It could possibly decapitate a victim. And um, I mean, they we know they like humans as food. And there was those famous lions that did this exact same thing and killed over 130 victims in under a year yeah so imagine let's just say one lion 100 victims in two years Hmm. totally doable totally doable another supporting fact is that the territory of the beast is roughly 56 by 50 miles and aligns with a lion's typical range eyewitnesses in france at the time they weren't likely familiar with living lions And so what they did know about them came from very stylized imagery. And we know a, a, a immature adult male mm-hmm. lion is going to have not have a huge, nice mane. It's, it has a black stripe down its back and it's kind right. of puffy. That matches the descriptions of the beast, eyewitnesses. And lions are very large. If, if you've ever been around lions, <laughs> yeah, uh, they are quite large. Quite intimidating. And they have claws, which could be described as talons. Mm -hmm. They have a strong panther-like tail. We solved it. We solved it. All right. That's the end of the show. I'm just kidding. Boy, do we have more for you. I want to cover the Rougarou. Rougarou. And I have to say it like that every time. Okay, good. Also known as the Loopguru. Yep. What, What is this creature that you speak of? So loop is French for wolf. And Garou is a whole lot of weird things that means a man who transforms into an animal. That's convenient that they have one word for all of that. I know. Let me tell you something about the Loup Garou. Loup Garou. Down there in the swamps where this creature lives, it's one of those places and one of those things where, yeah, these things are real. They don't even question it. Yeah. I mean, I've personally talked to people who mm-hmm. are just like matter-of-factly like this thing's out there. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I always viewed it just like everybody else as a werewolf, but you know now dogman's a thing. Mm-hmm. So now we're talking bipedal canine, or at least partially bipedal canine of some kind. Not that a man actually transforms into a creature 
but maybe that's a thing too i don't know yeah that's the legend i mean it it definitely there are those who are in the camp of werewolf-y type thing and then there are those in the camp of the paranormal aspect to it Mm -hmm. i always thought it was like louisiana's uh, skunk ape or something but apparently not so in cajun legends the creature is said to prowl the swamps and the sugarcane fields and the woodlands of the region. Region, sorry. The Rugaru. Most often is described as a creature with a human body and the head of a wolf or dog, similar to the werewolf legend. Uh, often, as with all folk tales or cryptids or whatever, it's said that the storytelling has been used to inspire fear and obedience, you know, in kids. Getting you sorry before the loop guru gets you. I don't know why the Australian accent came out. I have no idea. <laughs> Dingo ate my baby. You know, we have, like, they're trying to keep their little Cajun children in line. Um, another variation, the wolf-like beast will hunt down and kill Catholics who do not follow the rules of Lent. Uh, this coincides with the French Catholic Loop Guru stories, according to which the method for turning into a werewolf is to break Lent seven years in a row. What's with the French and these terrifying canine creatures? You see a trend here? I do. Mm -hmm. A common blood-sucking legend says that the Rougarou is under the spell for 101 days. After that time, the curse is transferred from person to person when the Rougarou draws another human's blood. During that day, the creature returns to human form. Although acting sickly, the human refrains from telling others of the situation for fear of being killed. Hmm. Mm -hmm. That's kind of interesting. It is, isn't it? Other stories range from the Rougarou as a rabbit to the Rougarou being derived from witchcraft. In the latter claim, only a witch can make a Rougarou. That's the stories I always heard. Either by turning into a wolf herself or by cursing others with lycanthropy. Did you say rabbit? Not to be confused with rabid. A rabbit. I said a rabbit. Have you ever seen Pet Cemetery? I mean, is it like a big rabbit? <laughs> yeah, I'm just... Why are you questioning that? Have you seen a rabbit's teeth? Be- Rabbits are terrifying. <sighs> Bunnies are scary. Okay. They are scary creatures. They have claws and fangs. Okay, maybe not fangs, but they got big teeth. You ever been bit by a rabbit? Me neither. You <laughs> ever been bit by a rabbit? You think I don't have a rabbit story? Oh my gosh. It's story time. Whenever I was 12, I went and stayed with my aunt and uncle in Kansas. Y'all thought I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and while I was there, I was forced to do chores. Forced. Forced. One of these chores was to get the rabbits out of the rabbit pen in the backyard where the rabbits had burrowed down into the ground in a system of tunnels, you know, like rabbits do. So I had to fish my arm down into these tunnels. Nope. And fill around until I found the rabbit. Rabbit noodling. And then get the rabbit out of the hole. Whenever I pulled my arm out... It looked like I had just, like, stuck my arm in a sleeve of, like, thorns or something. Mm. Bit, scratched, whatever rabbits can possibly do, that happened to my arms. Mm. So, yes, I believe I have been bitten by a rabbit. I want nothing to do with any of that. I hate rabbits. (laughs) Waskly wabbits. I'm just saying, a were-rabbit, I would just kick it. Well, what if it's... uh, 
big were rabbit with then that's terrifying pits. but if it's just like a rabbit who okay, cares but there's like actually a horror movie and i can't remember what it's called right now but there's are there's a bunch of were rabbits that like attack this farmer and eat him it's i cannot remember what it's called somebody I used to terrorize the kids with the ghost bunny story somebody just drop the name of that movie in the comments because it's were rabbits me i don't know also after you finish listening to this awesome episode with matt and i go watch cajun justice it's an ae television show dude they have a rugaru episode so funny cajun justice oh i know the show you're talking about actually it's like cops but in the swamps yep and they have a whole episode on rugaru i had always heard the paranormal version of the rugaru that it was right. a curse right by you know that's that's what i always heard i didn't even know Swamp werewolf that's what i thought it was i didn't know that it was like you know the the lint thing and all that so yeah i ate catholics <laughs> yeah hmm. i just so that's so that's closer to home though you know i mean still kind of french do you think oh i bet the french brought it over with them and bada bing bada boom gotcha have you ever heard of brown springs <gasps> in thackerville oklahoma even closer to home even closer to home gasp so there's a lot of really scary stories that come out of that place i've heard okay but paranormal and true crime both so one of the stories that comes out of brown springs one of many is terrifying pretty graphic i'll skip around it basically a couple was killed by some creatures now certain people have referred to these creatures as bigfoot some refer them as dogmen. Others, however, say they are Nelusophilia, which is a Choctaw word for long evil being, I think. You made that up. I did not. Pretty sure. Pretty certain I didn't. So these creatures are described as human-like in form uh, with like dog snouts and pointy ears. And they're extremely evil. And... They're known to crawl on their bellies and sneak up to their prey. Boy, that sounds familiar. Yeah, doesn't it? And according to the stories uh, of Brown Springs, these black dogmen type creatures belly crawling around and attacking people and sometimes actually killing them, that's what they are. That is freaking terrifying. Now, there's a whole lot of other spins on the Nelusophilia, it being, you know, just like a completely spiritual, demonic type entity, a shadow person, but they're usually depicted as like a tall, skinny werewolf looking thing. That's level 100 creepy. Yeah. I don't like that. Especially the part about belly crawling and sneaking up. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. I do not consent. That's a thing. I don't like it. They're also uh, said to this is interesting uh lure hunters out into the woods to kill them and something that i didn't know until recently was that it's a legend that their young ones are actually able at nighttime to come out of their flesh form and float around as orbs great how crazy is that great as someone who's witnessed an orb 
But I'm just saying, like, all the times that you hear, like, orbs associated with, like, with Bigfoot, Bigfoot and everything. And have you now, been saving that for this episode? Like, you could have put me out of my misery, I don't know, six <laughs> months ago, Matt. What? But I'm just saying, they they, That's, they liken it to Will of the Wisp. But I'm. it's just interesting because these type things are reported at Brown Springs. Yeah. And according to Choctaws, it's the Nelusophilea, which is a type of canine monster that eats humans. While utterly terrifying, that is freaking fascinating. Yeah. Very fascinating. Interesting. All right, you're going to have to go to Brown Springs and check it out, bud. I'll mm. stay here. Report back. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. No? Uh, I, I've heard they've cleaned it up quite a bit. And <laughs> <laughs> Why do I not trust that enough to be true? And then, of course, we are familiar with the beast of LBL, the... The what? <laughs> you know, the beast of LBL, uh, a legend about land between the lakes, borders the where's that Tennessee and Kentucky border, I believe. What? Yeah, I this know. This is new news. Um, a family was slaughtered by a dogman type creature. Evidence of the creature was found at the site where the door was ripped off the hinges and claw marks everywhere and a little girl was found up in a tree god bless but it was never reported in the media and the cops all keep it hush hush and it was all covered up there are reports of people seeing canine cryptids in this area there are uh other stories from the area about dogman type creatures people we know have investigated it hundreds of times one time there was some activity at camp some footsteps and movement was recorded out around the tents and everything and the next day there were impressions found in the ground that had three toes i believe with distinct claw marks on them hmm. i saw the photos myself mm -hmm. um, you could clearly see the claw marks and everything i don't have an explanation for it partial bear print i don't know I don't know what it was. But other than those prints, the people that we know that have researched there on a regular basis have never found anything. Heard some strange vocalizations and things like that. But nothing to support a canine cryptid being there. Nothing canine cryptid. Right. And um, there's actually a guy, a documentarian, who went to do a documentary on the Beast of LBO. And after talking to locals and everybody else, they just all were like offended that he was even talking to them about it. Mm. This is nothing. This is a story that was made up that got out of hand mm. and they just all deny it. Hmm. Now, terrible things did happen there. Yeah. Uh, when they moved the people out of the area and flooded their homes and everything. And that's what the people want brought to light. But yeah. instead, all that anybody talks about is the beast of LBL. Mm. And this area is still being exploited by people. Shunkawarakan. Shunkawarakan. And the other name it's known by is just as bad. Ringdokus. Yeah. Ringdokus. Dokus. Dokus. Ringdogus. Ringdokus. Ringdoggy. The Shunkawakaraka Warakan is a cryptid first mentioned in American folklore. <gasps> Yes. Oh, so those who got a good look at this beast described it as being nearly black, having high shoulders and a back that sloped downward like a hyena. 
that matches the description mm-hmm. that someone actually did see mm-hmm. at LBL. An older couple were driving the back roads and they saw a creature sitting on the side of the road that at first they thought was a hog, um, a wild pig, because its front shoulders mm-hmm. sat up higher than the rear legs. And as they got closer to the creature, it kind of stood all the way up, and they saw that it was some sort of weird hyena-type creature. So this thing was sighted like pre-1900s even, mm-hmm. all the way up until 2013. Known as the dog eater or dog stealer. Yes. Um, that's what the Shunka Warrikens translates good. into. <laughs> oh, thank you. The Iowa and several other Native American indigenous tribes in the region called the creature Shunkawarakan, which translates into carrying off dogs because it would often sneak into indigenous camps at night and steal their dogs. I can't think of anything worse. You're going to die. But isn't that kind of interesting that this thing would sneak into a camp and target the dogs and take them? I mean, it's pretty smart. That's the alarm system. Yeah, and that's like how... Think of like a predator at a farm, mm-hmm. you know, like a fox. The first documented sightings by white settlers began in the 1880s when members of the Hutchins family settled down in the Madison River Valley in the lower part of Montana. Not long after they settled in, they, along with several other locals, began encountering strange, a strange wolf-like animal. They described an encounter. One morning, my grandfather was aroused by the barking of dogs. He discovered that a wolf-like beast of dark color was chasing my grandmother's geese. He fired his gun at the animal but missed. It ran off down the river, but several mornings later, it was back. Uh, the ring docus is the name given to an unidentified animal shot by an Israel Hutchins, a Mormon settler in Montana in 1886. He had it stuffed and put it on display at his general store. Until the 1980s when it mysteriously disappeared. Government cover. Now, this one's kind of famous. You can find pictures of it on the internet. And it's crazy looking. Must be right. No, I'm saying they've got pictures of the actual taxidermied animal. DNA testing was never conducted on the animal before anybody asks. Because that was my next question. I heard it was, but the report never came out. But supposed experts looked at it. And said that it was just a poorly stuffed wolf. Like a, t- a taxidermist had done a horrible job at stuffing a wolf. Now, whenever I look at pictures of this thing, it doesn't look anything like a wolf to me. What it does look like is a brown hyena. So in 2007, Jack Kirby, the grandson of the man who shot the animal, tracked this down to an Idaho Museum of Natural History in Pocatello. The specimen was displayed in the Madison Valley History Museum when it reopened in May 2007. There was also a creature that was hit by a car, if I remember correctly, uh, that was affectionately called Fluffy. (laughs) That was some sort of unidentified canine that uh, cryptozoologist Lauren Coleman talked a lot about in some of his books and lectures. Hmm. And then there was another canine creature that was shot not too long ago which dna testing was done and i believe it came back as a wolf but in all these situations 
they're calling them wolves, they're calling them dogs or whatever, mm -hmm. but they don't look like them at all. I mean, there's there's distinct differences, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, you can look at it and it's a wolf, yet not. Right. I mean, there's a lot of stories of this one. The post-ring docus. There was a story of a creature or group of creatures resembling the Shunkawarakan that were sighted in Nebraska, Iowa, Alberta, and Illinois. So Up like, north. Yeah. I just, it's crazy how often this is referred to as a hyena, and that scares me. Like, ugh, can you imagine being in the woods and, okay, I don't know about you, but I've been in the woods plenty of times and heard owls going off, mm -hmm. and it sounded like hyenas laughing. Scared the ever-living out of me, I just want to say. Well, I've also talked to people who swear up and down that they've heard hyenas in the woods. There's a lot of sighting reports of hyenas in North America that people usually just write off as someone let their exotic pet go or to escape from a zoo or whatever. And North America used to have its own hyena, but it went extinct. Supposedly. Supposedly. Now, we originally started talking about doing this episode based on what I say is called the hissing critter, mm -hmm. which matches the same description as the hyenas, mm -hmm. the shunkawarakan, and I was told by a couple witnesses that this thing makes a hissing sound, mm -hmm. which is super creepy, creepy. That's and not canine-like at all. No, it's up there with belly crawling creepy. Yeah. But... But could not find any reports. No. Not an ounce of information about the hissing creatures. It's, it, used, it used to be able... They were used, out there. Yeah. You could find information <laughs> on certain forums and such. Not anymore. Well, just like I was talking about the elderly couple driving around at LBL and the creature they saw. Mm -hmm. I read that on the internet. Yeah. As a submitted sighting. Couldn't find it anywhere. So in December 2005, a strange wolf-like animal began killing livestock in Montana. And by 2000, October 2006, the animal, now known as the creature of Macomb County, had killed more than 120 various forms of livestock and appeared in several news articles, including the one in May 2006 issue of USA Today. On November 2nd, 2006, the Montana Wildlife Service shot and killed a creature that may have been responsible for these killings. Originally thought to be a wolf, the animal that was shot showed characteristics that were not common with any wolf species known in the area. The animal that was killed appeared to have orange, red, and yellow fur, whereas wolves known to live in the area had gray, black, and brown color fur. Muscle tissue was sent to the University of California in Los Angeles, where DNA samples were taken in an attempt to compare it to the Northern Rockies wolf. The carcass was sent to the National Fish and Wildlife Forensics Lab in Ashland, Oregon, for genetic study. However, no records of these results could be found at this time. Because they're being kept at the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm, with everything else we aren't supposed to know about. If you look w on this article page, there's a bunch of people in the comments that are kind of talking about their sightings and what they think it is and stuff. And it's very interesting. Um, I Like this one, it says, about 8 p.m. driving on Kaiser Road north to Farmington Road near the town of Farmington in California, my friend and I saw something run across the road that neither of us could explain until I saw a picture of the Shunkawarakan tonight. Wow. 
I read a report from a guy in California who is a animal handler for movie and film projects. And he said that one night on his way home, he saw what looked like a small hyena on the side of the road. And as he slowed down to get a better look at it, it ran off into the woods. And then he said that the pen where he kept wolves for whatever filming project he was working on, kind of around dusk, you know, it's starting to get dark and everything. Oftentimes he would see what he swears up and down was a hyena Mm -hmm. near the pens. Mm -hmm. And he kind of like moved to get a better look and it'd be gone. And he just kind of wrote it off. Well, I guess I'm just, you know, my eyes are playing tricks on me Mm -hmm. or something. But he kept on seeing it the whole time he's out there. Man. And the people commenting on his post were like, dude, you're an animal handler. (laughs) You know, it's your profession. If it was a dog or a wolf or whatever, you would know it. You, You would recognize it. And there's a lot of reports like that. People getting glimpses of what they compare to a hyena because of its body shape. This person says, I am so stoked to finally have found the creature I encountered twice back around 2004, 2005. My sightings took place at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Oh. Oh. Along I-44 in the polo field. Went to a Leonard Skinner concert there. That was me, not, not the comment person. On the south end runs a small creek. This beautiful creature came from under the I-44 bridge and up onto the creek bank of the polo field. We stood about 50 to 60 yards apart. Both times it was early in the morning. I could clearly see its features. It was gray in color with black striped and razorback mane. I thought at first it was a boar, but realized it bore the resemblance of a dog, but was sloped and stood like a hyena. I told people and asked around about such a creature if see if it had been spotted by anyone else, but no one claimed to have ever seen such a thing. It's been about 15 years since his encounter, but he still remembers it vividly. It wasn't until this past week when watching an episode of Scary Mysteries on North American Cryptids that it was slightly referenced and it led him to require more about the creature he saw so long ago. It's interesting that their description matches the elderly couple's description Mm -hmm. in Kentucky, though, where they thought it was a boar originally until they got a better look. And this is Oklahoma. Right. I mean, a very real thing, especially up in the northeast like Maine, they're having more and more problems with uh, hybrids, Mm -hmm. you know, wolf dogs, koi dogs, things like that. I'm just looking at this and I'm the area he mentioned is very close to residential area. I'm wondering if it was some kind of dog these dog hybrids or even coyotes there was a giant coyote that was like over a hundred pounds which is big for a coyote yeah i mean in oklahoma our coyotes are like 30 pounds um but this was in new york and people were like seeing it in new york like in the city and it was eventually recognized as a coyote and i think they captured it or something but these koi dogs and these hybrids and everything will come right in in the neighborhoods and Mm. prowl around it's creepy it's like a mutation yeah so when it comes to investigating cryptids the investigative camps are usually split into two sides flesh and blood or supernatural quality so there's one creature that falls into both categories basically and it's some it's something that we've actually already talked about on this show not this episode but this show And that name is simply Black Dog. The Black Dog. 
while the majority of official black dogs are believed to be an omen of misfortune or impending death. Others are thought to be protectors of those in need of a little spiritual help. Some are described as being vicious and guards of certain locations, while others are thought to be escorts of the recently departed. There's no real method to pinning down what these creatures truly are, as no two are described the same way, which is interesting, because we've seen up until now, all of the eyewitness accounts for each of the other cryptids kind of, they all favor. It was like right. a wolf, yet not. It kind of looked like a boar, and then I realized it was more hyena, blah, 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 blah. But this one, the black dogs are all over the map. Yeah. Both figuratively and literally speaking. So when it comes to trying to figure out what they are, it's kind of have to go case by case basis. Yeah. So we have a specific black dog known as the fence rail dog. The legend of the fence rail dog originates in the state of Delaware and focuses on a particular stretch of road on Highway 12, Mid-State Road to be exact, which passes through the towns of Frederica and Felton. Thought to be reported since the early turn of the century, this black dog gets its name from appearing to stand as tall as a common fence rail, which is roughly about four foot at the shoulder. The fence rail dog is also said to be nearly 10 foot long from the tip of its nose to the tip of its bushy tail. But this description changes greatly depending on what story you're listening to. Uh, With its startling height and length, the fence rail dog is also believed to possess the same red eyes that often come with these ghost dog stories. It's said to be incredibly fast and oftentimes can keep pace with passing cars. It has been described as neither passive or aggressive, but rather assertive and aware. It's an interesting observation. Did it take a personality quiz? (laughs) (laughs) It's said to mostly keep to itself and just watches the road when not running alongside it. So even giant dogs chase cars. Apparently. Okay, so on my former Bigfoot podcast, we had a guest on there. And she was talking about Bigfoot. That's why she was on the show, obviously. But then towards the end of the show, I don't remember if it was me or someone else asked her, have you ever encountered anything else? strange or weird and she told us a story about how she observed what she described as like a giant light colored wolf crossed the road in front of her at night that was the same size as this fence rail dog she said it was large enough that a full-grown human man could like ride on this dog if it wanted to or this wolf And that whenever it jumped across the road, it jumped from one side and landed on the other side of the road and fully extended, covered both lanes. That kind of intrigued me. And it turns out there's lots of reports of large white wolves like that. But I've never heard one like this where the, you know, the fence rail dog where it's a large black wolf like dog. But these giant wolf canines are apparently a commonly reported thing in different areas of the United States. It is. Again, it's the same with any cryptid sighting. It's not each sighting itself. It's that there are so many sightings together. Yeah. So there's so many interesting ways the legend of the fence rail dog came to be. But another interesting thing that people started noticing is that most of the sightings were often reported as being seen You're never going to guess. On rainy nights or just before a storm is set to arrive. Hmm. Hmm. 
The witnesses of the fence rail dog claimed it looked like an oversized black wolf, but others who were lucky enough to see it swore that it had the overall body shape and general characteristics of a hyena, Hmm. just much larger and darker in color. Why aren't they ever described as like an above average corgi? Or, yeah, I love corgi butts. Yes. I will just say that. If you don't love corgi butts, you're nuts. Basically... If you look at the sightings of this fence rail dog and how it kind of looks like a large hyena, and then you look at the sightings of the Shunkawurrican, mm-hmm. you almost wonder if they could be the same creature yeah. or the same species of creature with different characteristics as we see with Bigfoot and other cryptids. One of the stories that I was most excited about sharing on this episode, I could not find for the life of me anywhere. I I don't know where I read it. I didn't save it, obviously. I believe it took place in Arkansas. It was an older couple. Mm -hmm. They had been out hiking, I believe. They were in a forested area. They returned to where their car was parked. And these two creatures that they described as a cross between a hyena and like a lion and a dog, the creatures were huge, uh, came out of the woods growling and hissing at them. Mm, Don't like that. And had tails that were cat-like, but the tails were only, they were really short. Mm -hmm. And the body shape was like a hyena and Obviously, they freaked out. These creatures were being aggressive, and they got in the vehicle, and after they got in the vehicle and locked the doors, the creatures were actually attacking the vehicle, like jumping up on it and like clawing at the windows and everything. And this was an older couple. The The lady had sent it in or contacted somebody somehow and shared this story, and I, I just I read it years ago mm-hmm. and just could not find it. But it was the most detailed account of something like this that I've ever read. So creepy. And like, I mean, maybe it was just good creative writing, but this woman in her write-up, you could, I mean. But here are all these other witness accounts of a a hyena-like creature. Yeah. Something taller at the shoulders than at the rear legs. And I've actually heard a story about that as well. I'm not at liberty to share it, but I have heard of a pack of these creatures. Yeah tormenting people well we both know uh somebody that we're both good friends with that Mm -hmm. we totally trust who has found these strange canine prints on people's property Mm -hmm. uh out in the middle of the woods huge huge like i mean freaking massive and like six feet apart stride length that's that's terrifying what the hell is out there running around with us biologists have looked at tracks and said i don't know what they are they're not dog they're not wolf they're not bear no idea so when you're walking the moors at night and you hear that howl in the distance it may not always be man's best friend on planet fear on planet fear (laughs) 